welcome back to yet another Creative in Focus. And today, guys, we are having for the first time ever a very, very, very special guest. And some of you who's in the photography um, industry, you know him by this very, very special name called Happy Fingers. And those of you who don't know him as well, you gotta be like really gotta check him out. Like all social media platform will be in the description, uh, will be in the link description below. And first time ever, I'm gonna be introducing guys. Gentlemen, uh, happy fingers! Say hi, fingers. I mean, sorry. Hello, hello, hi everybody. Thank you. Sorry, I need to call me. you Don because happy fingers uh, is stuck, but then I'm trying to call your your. It's, all, it's okay. You can call me Don. It's okay. So, all right, Don. Okay, so those those of you who not know him, he goes by his real name is Don, but his his Instagram social media name is called Happy Fingers. So, Don, um. Can you give a small introduction of yourself for those of you like didn't know who you are? Sure, sure, sure. So yes, my my name is Don, but on my uh, um, online platforms, I go by the name of Happy Fingers. Uh, it's often the most asked question: Why Happy Fingers? Um, it's because yeah, we, you know, we will get into back that in the day. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I, I'm a, I, I do portraits. Uh, I, I do I do portraits mostly as my. My, my passion project on social media, but uh, on the side, I do a variety of, um, I guess, uh, different styles of photography as well. I am in the advertising industry and I also have interests in the physical space. So I try to segment my interests in, uh, in terms of labels. So for example, my name uh, is Happy Fingers. My jump rope slash fitness pursuits are in Happy Fingers jumps. For travel, it's Happy Fingers travels, etc. So yeah, so I'm a portraitist. I also play music. I, I, I sing every now and then. And yeah, I, I, in terms of bread and butter, I am in the advertising world. Yeah. All right. Cool. So basically, like, um, you're a multi, multi-talented person. I like do travel, do music, do singing, and do photos. I, I try to do a variety of things, yes. <laughs> All right, so the question I want to be asking, and I bet that most of the persons who are watching this video is actually going to be asking is that, why happy fingers? Okay, so the, the short answer there is I just want to make happy things happen with my fingers. Uh, I have a <laughs> musician friend of mine, Ian Tai, he said that you know, people who do things with their fingers go far in life. So I just stuck with that um, the, uh, definition. But okay, uh, the, the real story is way, I've been using the nickname for more than 10 years now. I don't know if you recall, but back in 2007, 2008, there was a game, uh, an online game called O2Jam. It's basically like Dance Dance Revolution, but using your keyboard. Okay. So I had to think of a, an alias for, the, for my avatar. So I figured, happy fingers, maybe that's him. <laughs> so, uh, and then I eventually used it. And toward uh, a, f a few months later, when I started performing in college, uh, I also needed a stage name. So happy fingers since I played guitar and I sang. And that stuck eventually uh, much, much later when I started to think of a name for my Facebook page because back then Instagram wasn't a thing yet. Uh, everything, all your online content, you would try to make use and post on your Facebook page. And instead of using my real name or some cliché photography-inspired name like Shutter photography. I just, I just felt that uh, it just wasn't me. Mm -hmm. So I figured, well, maybe you know, since happy fingers, happy fingers, it kind of made sense. So that's how happy fingers photography came about. And eventually when I started 
building relationships with, with clients, with models. They would often ask uh, the whole happy fingers thing, which made me realize that, oh, okay, the name kind of rings a bell. It's, it, it's a pretty sticky name. Uh, and in the, in whenever you craft a name or, or an identity for yourself, you want it to be something that people can remember. So very early on, I realized, okay, happy fingers can work. And uh, I've stuck with it eventually in all of my handles. I used happy fingers moving forward. All right, great. That's a nice story, you know. Happy Fingers all started from, you know, right now a game um, character name. So that's okay. That's finally answered the question that I, me personally, I've been like wondering why Happy Fingers. <laughs> all right. So um, you say that you've been in the um, bread and butter, you are doing advertisement and so on and yes. so on, right? So then you do photography as a fashion project, right? Hmm. So um, let me that, ask that's you, correct. That's correct. Yeah. So let me ask you this question like, why? Why do you start doing photography in the first place? Hmm. Um, I always had the interest ever since I was in college, but because I, 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 my, my family wasn't really well off back then, uh, I didn't have uh, the resources to buy my own camera. So I would always imagine myself you know, in my surroundings, uh, looking at trees or uh, rocks and telling myself, oh, it would be nice to take pictures of these things eventually when i started working in advertising i was two years into my i'd say career and i uh, if anyone who's in the advertising or creative industry would know that the first three years of your career would be the heaviest most hard-hitting you, you spend late nights trying to to learn as much as you can and make as many mistakes as you can so i was in that very stressful period and i needed an outlet so in, uh, I think, uh, in one year, I think very late 2012, I had, a, I had a small camera and I figured maybe I should, you know, pick up a new project uh, just to get my mind out of the craziness of advertising. So I started taking pictures of flowers. I think many uh, photographers or uh, photography enthusiasts would start with flowers because flowers are very calming, they're peaceful, and they're varied. So I was very... I was incredibly focused on trying to get a clear picture of the flower as my subject and then eventually just having everything buried up. So, John, yeah. let me uh, cut you there for a moment. So, you say you started doing like photos, like shooting flowers and everything, right? So, what camera do you, were you using at that moment? Yeah, my, my first camera was uh, the granddaddy of all Canon mirrorless cameras, the EOS M. So, that was a 20, 2012 release, I think. Yeah. Okay. So in, in all aspects, it was essentially a point and shoot with your typical crop sensor. So I eventually learned the technicalities a bit later on. But I was like, okay, small camera and take pictures. Okay, la, Ken. <laughs> so I just shoot, 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 shoot. I was, yeah. Eventually, after about two months of doing that, I realized, okay, maybe it's more fun if I take pictures of flowers that could talk. So I started taking photos of my office mates at that time. And you know, it just was so coincidental that some of them were former bloggers or had you know, uh, some blogs on the side that they just needed someone to take you know, content with. So you know, I gladly did that for them. It served as practice for me as well. One shoot led to another and another and another. Eventually, when I saw that I was taking, you know, I had a way of doing things in a pretty consistent way, I figured, okay, uh, I should put this, all of these photos in a place that isn't my Facebook profile because my guy friends were starting to wonder, hey, why, are you, why are you posting old photos of all these women? 
I, was, I wasn't so sure. I was pretty insecure at that time. So I created Happy Fingers Photography on Facebook. Months later, the momentum built. I started taking in clients. Eventually, I colla- uh, ended up 2014, 20, 2015 came. I collaborated with, you know, uh, I'd say, established uh, models, content creators uh, uh, in the Philippines. And then eventually, when I moved to Malaysia, I started over again. Um, yeah, uh, and just, I just kept building momentum, uh, creating content, collaborating, eventually taking on a variety of clients in, in, in different industries. And so far now, I'd say in 2019 and beyond, Happy Fingers isn't so much of the whole stacking the bricks and creating as much content as possible as it is more about sharing what I've learned uh, over, uh, over time, helping aspiring content creators along the way. For, and for that reason, I, uh, I created the whole Team Happy Fingers thing. Uh, it's, uh, it's essentially uh, a small collective of you know, photographers, content creators, models, uh, stylists. Uh, well, we're on WhatsApp right now, but we, we're, we're pretty closely knit. We help each other out in collaborations uh, way before the pandemic. So uh, it's just that now with, every, with everything that's going on, I'm, I'm sure all the, the priorities are toward you know you, uh, how can you sustain yourself in such a very sure. difficult time? So yeah. It's less so, of content creation, more of sharing knowledge. Yeah, so um, I'm just to cut you short there. So um, as I told you, like how to sustain yourself. So uh, I prepared some really um good questions sure. to ask you guys. So like um, how can a photographer sustain yourself during this pandemic? So but um, mm. before we go, go get into that topic, um, just want to ask you like. How do you describe your photography style at this moment compared to the mm. last time? Like when you first started mm. out? Sure. Um, I would always describe my work, regardless of you know, when I was beginning, midway through, uh, when I, w- I was building momentum up until now. It's something that is normal, you know, normal with a, you know, with a little bit of refinement. Uh, I've always uh, focused on crafting portraits of people. Uh, it just so happens that I have a particular skill when it comes to photographing uh, female models. I never run out of ideas when it comes to uh, shooting females in various uh, dimensions. So uh, the, it, traditionally, it would be described as you know, editorial lifestyle. I would say that it's normal, largely because you know, I, I, don't, I never think that I was born with a photography skill. It was something that I practiced over time. And if it and if someone like me who was stuck with a very time-consuming job could pick it up, then anyone can as well. So I, I would try to keep it grounded and, and say that it's something that anyone can do. Right, that's good. So um, I've always been an admirer of your Happy Fingers group. I still remember when I was, uh, I followed you when I was in college. I still remember that, that moment when I followed you because I was stalking your um, photography page. <laughs> Because when I was starting out as uh, as a photographer, but then uh, I eventually moved into uh, advertising, uh, advertising for more in focus on videos. Mm-hmm. So uh, same as you, like I do portraits for as fun. So when I was starting out to do like portrait photography, I still remember the day that um, when I got my first assignment for photography, like my lecturer told me, okay, go find, you can find in Facebook, you can find in Insta. So I was just looking around photography, portraits, photographer. Then I stumbled upon your account. Um, happy fingers. So um, the first thing that caught into my mind was obviously okay. I like, know just saying out of the blue is just okay. There's a lot of girls in the in the Instagram account. I was like okay. So then I went through okay. Then I understand okay. Well, this 
getting nice, nice. And then only one thing popped into my mind because um, your photos, res uh, I don't know if you feel this way as me and mine as well, but it resembles like minimalism. Okay. Like minimalism in your portraits. Lah. So I dig into that minimalism kind of vibes. And of course it was editorial, but I mostly, I don't know, I had the feeling of, okay, this is um, very minimalistic and very nice and aesthetic. So I was just like, yeah, let's follow this guy. And at the moment, I just uh, opened my, my first Instagram account. So you you were the one of the few photographers that I still follow until now. Like some photographers, like they they, they kind of lost their touch and then they just stop producing content, like good content, not enough content to like follow and help like learn from them. So you are the you are one of the few photographers I still follow like from the day one that I start doing this photography. That's that's very uh, uh that's very nice to hear. Thank you very much. Yeah. Um. Uh. In terms of minimalism, I I get why you're saying it. Uh. And um. I I suppose you know in retrospect, it uh because there are certain elements that I would like to keep when it when it, whenever I craft my work, I would keep things simple. Uh. In many cases, it just features a, a white background such as what you will yeah. see you, you see over here. Yeah. Yeah. And uh. Uh, the story is told from the perspective of the person I'm photographing. So whatever they want to bring to the shoot, of course, with some uh, minim minimal oh, okay. <laughs> minimal guidance from my side, uh, tells a unique story. So I I'm not so uh, for a time for most of my 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 I'd say my time as happy fingers I was not so drawn to overly done makeup and overly done uh, retouching. Uh, it, I, my, my aspiration was to craft something that anyone can do with a bit of planning. So, yeah. Okay, cool. Alright, so that's it guys. That's for like a small introduction on Happy Fingers and how we got started. So before let's do that, we got into the, the topic of this podcast is that um, of course currently right now everybody knows that we are going through a very serious pandemic which is COVID-19 and the effect is like going around for every people even in every market. And like, I just want to talk, uh, ask you yet from your own opinion, like, do you think that this pandemic has affected the creative industry? Oh, uh, 100%, yes. And, and not just the creative industry, you know, all, all over, all across uh, every, you know, industry that requires human interaction. You know, everyone took a, a hit, uh, you know, reeling it back to the creative space. You know, our industry requires a lot of you know, interaction, production, and uh, you know, brainstorming and creating with multiple people uh, in one setting. And unfortunately, uh, because of you know social distancing and uh, the, the necessary sensitivities and requirements for that, a lot of productions, a lot of creative productions, have been put on hold. Yeah. Um, like, actually, all the uh, postponed to like the next year. And who yes, yes. Yeah. So. Release. That's absolutely right. Yeah, and you know, there's a reason why. If you look at the banking industry in particular, there's a reason why they defer loans, for example, to six months from now because that's how long they 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 foresee this whole situation to be. It's not just you know the the, the length of the MCO or whatever the prime minister would say. Mm -hmm. It will hit us for at least six months, if not more. True. Therefore, you know, uh, I'd say. It's, go it's going to be an incredibly difficult time for fellow creatives to monetize our efforts if we do not adapt to the, to the nature and the, the, 
the limitations of the times. Mm. All right. So that being said, right. So can you just share with me, like, uh, from your own perspective, like, what should photographers who are actually uh, making a living from, you know, doing photography, taking photos, should be doing at mm. this moment to, you know, land clients? Mm. Yeah. To land clients. Uh, yeah. Land clients. Okay. Uh, okay. Uh, first, uh, in terms of, um, uh, you know, go back to your basics first. Well, you need to mitigate as many expenses as possible, right? That, because that way, um, you, you know, you, less, money, less money going out works to your advantage. Mm-hmm. In terms of landing clients, uh, it's, it's, it's a tricky question to answer. You need to reflect on what kind of content you've been creating over the past six months or a year of, mm-hmm. your, of your pursuit. If it's portraits, and I'm sure everyone needs to sell something during this, uh, during this uh, situation, uh, you need to be able to establish proof of success that even with this pandemic, you can still create content. Okay, so that's the first step. Establishing that you can still create, you can still produce, even with the limitations of social distancing uh, or limitations of, produ- of production-related endeavors. Okay, that's the first step. Second, um, in, in terms of you know, uh, cr- uh, finding the clients themselves, um, at, uh, it's very easy to say that in this pandemic, okay, no one, uh, everyone's keeping their resources to themselves. It's true. It's, it's, that's definitely not wrong. But businesses still need to sustain themselves. Businesses still need to move forward. So it's just a matter of, uh, to me, uh, it's, it's a matter of being slightly, uh, a little bit more hardworking with using the tools to your advantage to create content and finding um, uh, entities that still need to sell in the season. Like for example, um, I'm sure clothing lines would still need to sell. Uh, I'm sure um, food, uh, let's, let, let's start with essentials, food. Yeah. Uh, uh, food, essential services, they still need to sell and they still need to visualize what they need to sell, right? You also have your slight non-essentials, like for example, your, your clothing, your outerwear, and you still have all these other entities that have content that need to be deployed six, seven, eight months from now, but they're planning for it today. So uh, my advice would be to think, you know, craft a list of these essential services that you feel you can create content for. Once you've identified that, you know, list it down, uh, figure out the how. How am I, as a content creator, able to produce co- um, out, output without breaking the, uh, the rules of social distancing? And then eventually, you, know, you, share the co- you, you work on the content, you work on the pre-production requirements, and then you take it forward from there. All right, so that's good. So um, I just want to tackle on the, um, the part when you say that like, people who actually want to do advertisement, to do like, they want to be planning mm-hmm. earlier so that they're going to be like, Posting it up in the near future, right? So mm. um, just to clear, so I I know that you've been in the advertisement industry, and I've I've myself have been in the advertisement industry, and usually like let's say we have a project, and then that project will be due on like let's say next year 2021, and then mm. the preparation and the content creation and all the shooting will be done like very very early, like two or three months early, or like even even the worst case like one year earlier than. So um, there, there is a saying that a lot of people out there think that, oh, if they want to do content, they want to do it now. So they're just like waiting, waiting, waiting. So photographers who are actually doing like um, product photography and then doing content for other companies, to, you know, post it up in the, in the long run, not looking for mm. the short run. 
Yeah. That's correct. Yeah. Yeah. So because I, uh, my, me myself, I see one of my friends. He does um, product photography. He does like um, attire wear. So what he does is that uh, he still have the client. Thank God, he still have the client. So what he does mm. is that um, with the product that's gonna be soon to be launched, just send them a prototype sample, and then he actually shot it in his own house. So what he did is actually he like dismantled the whole living room and made it into a studio. So it was like a simple DIY studio. Like. So that's why most of the photographers think that, okay, um, I need to get clients now. So what do I do now? So, but they don't understand that most of the clients out there, they are looking for more future way. So they want to do it now. Correct. So there's a lot of people, are, there's a lot of demand out there, but just a lot of photographers don't know what, where is the demand and what mm. to do during the time. All right. So, um, that's a good um, take on for you know learning clients. That's a very good because um, some people are there like really panicking right now and don't know what to do. So mm. what is your own opinion on like let's say photographers who are actually going through a mental breakdown like hey what am I supposed to do now? Uh, just let's just talk about uh, having portrait sessions. So what what do you want to say to the photographers who are actually doing portraits and can't even shoot portraits right now? Okay. Um... First of all, you need to understand that you can still create content even during the, the, the pandemic. It's just a matter of being a little bit more hardworking and creative with the tools that you have. Um, there, and, you, and this is evidenced by content creators who have already been doing such content. Yeah. Uh, you, you've seen FaceTime shoots. You've seen uh, screencast shoots where... Be, uh, where photographers have been pushing the boundaries of what a FaceTime portrait session can do mm-hmm. um, with, with the model. Actually, lit- okay, it, okay, let me clarify. Just because it, it's called a FaceTime or a quarantine shoot doesn't literally mean you have to do FaceTime or quarantine. What you can, okay, just a tidbit for the photographers. What you can do is tell the model to um, use her actual camera to, to take uh, to direct her and direct her in terms of uh, 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 doing the portrait. Uh, not necessarily doing it during the FaceTime session because, of course, for quality reasons, yeah. you, 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 don't, you, you can only get as much of, a, of a, you know, a pixelated screenshot when you do the FaceTime session. So that's one. Uh, you can still create. It's just a matter of being clear with directions, uh, being clear with your fellow co-creator on the other side of the... Uh, of the spectrum, you know, it's it's a two-way thing. You need to create with the other person. He or she needs to be on board with what you have in mind, uh, and yeah, just keep pushing, keep hustling. Um, there is no easy way around it. But like I said, with a bit of planning and you know, understanding the tools that you have, you can still you know put together a shoot that looks aesthetically pleasing, that can highlight that that can potentially highlight a brand, and most important of all make you as a content creator happy uh if you're the kind of person who's struggling mentally because you can't create then the obvious answer is push yourself create that way once you've created something you get the endorphin high of being able to say to yourself you know what i was able to create during this pandemic i can create again it will give you that momentum to keep creating keep creating keep creating yeah it's a very good answer don so um Thank you for that. You know, um, of course, that the momentum is super, super important. Like, once you lose the momentum, it's very hard to get back the momentum. So, those are the photographers who are actually watching this. Um, try to create um, any certain projects. It doesn't have to be portraits. It can be 
anything, mm. just create content out there just to get the momentum up right. and trying to like push the boundaries and think out of the box. Lah. Like the FaceTime shoot, I don't know who created it, the FaceTime shoot and suddenly it just became like a new thing, a new photography thing. Really. So who knows, maybe mm. the next time, I don't know, virtual reality, <laughs> virtual reality for the show or something. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So um, moving on to our, our last question of the podcast. Mm. So this is a little bit controversial and I just want to get your own opinion on this. And um, just want to say that if you want to say um, anything related to this is, uh, is totally transparent. So no need to like um, point a certain photographer about this. But um, as a photographer, as a portrait photographer as well, and working with a lot of models, and have, I, I believe that you heard this um, news from models or news from people that some photographers are pretending to be you know, photographers are pretending to be portrait photographers or lingerie or something and actually preying on these models. So what's your take on this? My take in terms of these uh, supposed predatory photographers? Yes. Okay. Well, of course, uh, that's definitely something that you shouldn't be doing. If, if, if photography, I would, I, 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 this is something my mom and uh, mom and I crafted back when I was giving advice on Instagram stories. If photography makes you horny, I suggest a different hobby. Um, you know, when you do, you know, you have to treat the, the craft of portrait photography and give it the respect that it deserves. And you give the models that you work with the due respect that they deserve, the day that they deserve. If you are laser focused with your objective, your creative objective, if you have one, you know you should not have any wiggle room to entertain uh, any untoward thoughts. And for, for you know for such personalities, and there have been so many you know over the past, I'd say six or seven years, even even way before social media, this has been a thing. Unfortunately, you know, women get put. Women and even males actually get put in a position of disadvantage and are taken advantage of because of the power dynamics that happen during a shoot. You know, when a content creator you know, puts a model, male or female, but more often than not female, in a, a position of vulnerab vulnerab vulnerability, then you know, certain, certain gestures are being done that are definitely not acceptable. I do not condone such activities. No, um, I would always say during my, my workshops or whenever I give advice to, uh, to photographers, if you are focused with your objective, you will do this shoot as efficiently and as simply as you can without any bad vibes because you know, any female model with a good head on her shoulders will smell a photographer from a mile away. Sure. And it, you, know, you should always be consistent with your words with, and with how you, you conduct yourself before, during, and after a shoot. Because if you if there is, if you're planning on doing something funny, even before the shoot, the model will already know. So, you know, you you don't think that you can ever get away with these things. People find out. People always find out. Yep. So it should never be it should never be something that it's in your to do list during a shoot. Yeah. So I'm saying about like the models always know like it's a. Uh... It was certain photographers are kind of fishy, uh, have a different objective in their mind. And okay, this is, we can put this in a one way, like protecting the models and saying that, you know, okay, this guy's saying this way. Oh, I don't like the way the photographers are approaching me. Uh, maybe he's have different intention. So, but what about the, you know, photographers who are actually coming out 
to do portrait photography who's actually an mm. amateur and don't know how to approach models and don't know how to like ask them hey can you do a portrait can you do a collab with me and mm. some or most of the times this kind this kind of photographers actually don't know how to speak they come up giving a very bad vibe to these models so what do you have to mm. say for these um photographers okay the first thing you need to do is brush up on your pr skills uh, <laughs> you need to be able to communicate your objective as clearly and as simply as possible. Uh, unfortunately, it's part of the game. So you can't just you know, slide into someone's DMs and say, hey, let's shoot. And yep. you don't have the photos to back it up. Yep. If you don't, you know, and it's totally fine. Uh, and I need to be clear. There are a lot of you know, very talented people there who do not have the portfolio but have a clear idea of what they have in mind. So if you do not have the portfolio, if you're just starting out, my... my, uh, my I guess the I had the advantage of learning how it was done in advertising. That way, I had a bit of structure when I would approach models. So you should always have a very clear uh, creative objective. Like, what is the message? What is the story you're trying to tell? Second, how are you planning to bring it to life? That's that covers your logistics. So your shoot details, where, when, how are you going to shoot it? You you need to be able to answer all of these questions to your model, such that the only thing that your model needs to do is say yes. Third, um, in terms of uh, look, mood, and tone, what, what, what types of palettes are you going to capture? What poses, what styling, what wardrobe inspirations, what location inspirations? So put together mood boards uh, and a few words that can best describe what you're trying to craft, to craft. And then lastly, when you're doing the shoot, as much as, you know, while it's always good to allow, for, allow some room for creativity and spontaneity, you should always stick to what has been agreed. You can't go to, a, to an indoor, you, get, you can't invite a model to an indoor shoot, you know, fully agreeing that it's a very casual, you know, casual indoor shoot, and then all of a sudden ask the model to, to strip naked or yeah. to wear a lingerie. That just doesn't work. It doesn't work that way. You know? yeah. um, everyone needs to be fully on board with what is going to happen before, during, and after the shoot. Lastly, when you post photos, you know, uh, it's 2020. Uh, I, I, I share a very particular opinion that many of my established peers will not agree with. If the model, especially if it's a, co it's a collaboration, if the model asks for her unedited photos, it's 2020. Just give the photo. Yeah. It's fine. You know, especially if it's, a, if it's a shoot that no, you know, uh, no one paid for. It's a mutual collaboration, X deal. No one yeah. paid for anyone. Just give the photos. There's no harm in letting the model have the joy of seeing all of her photos, putting her own color, color edits, her own filters. It's fine. If people want to work with you and pay you as the photographer, they will look at your profile and how you uh, show your, your, your portraits in your profile, not anyone else's. So <laughs> yeah, I guess in, in a nutshell, those are the key things. Have a clear idea, have a plan, and stay, stick to the plan before, during, and after the shoot. So, I mean, uh, that's a good um, take on that, like giving a clear idea and the, the whole concept of it and then approaching the model in a good way. But then what do I, uh, what I encountered before as well, so I probably can have a take on this, is that sometimes more uh, photographers will approach, but these photographers are very new. They don't have any photo, um, you know, the photo Insta page, they don't have any photography account and they want to get into um, people to collab with them. But most of the times models will actually look at their page and if they don't find any photo related um, content, they won't say yes to the, 
um, mm. to the photographer. So how can a photographer overcome this problem? Mm. So start with people that you know. Start with people who believe in you. I started shooting portraits of my friends, my, my, yeah. my former college classmates, you know, who I had history with and uh, I knew in my heart could pose. They weren't models, but I knew that they could do it. So, mm-hmm. and yeah, again, I would go back to the, the first step, which is having a very clear plan. If you have a clear plan and you approach a friend or, a, or a, uh, not necessarily you know, uh, someone you know, but an, uh, someone who you feel has the potential to be uh, a model, as long as your idea is clear, then all, you know, if the model you know, would say yes to you, then great. If, for example, you, you do not have such a circle, and that's totally fine, uh, start with your family, start with your mother, start with your sister, your brother. It's, uh, because ideas are, you know, I, while it's easier for models to bring to life an idea, an idea, if it's strong, if it's very clearly planned, will work beautifully regardless of the person you're, person you're, being, you're, you're photographing. So use your relatives as your proof of concept. That way, you can slowly build your portfolio. Uh, it's just a matter of, you know, I would always say a lot of it has to do with showmanship. It's about what you, sh- you, you see. Uh, I mean, I wouldn't say fake it till you make it. It's all about being as genuine as possible in your portraits. If you do not have the network, tell, your, tell, your, tell the person you're approaching, I'm sorry, I don't have people that I have, that I don't have enough uh, subjects to bring this idea to life. But if you can trust me with this, I am confident that we can, you know, we can skyrocket. We can definitely work this out together. So it's just a matter of believing in your idea first because no one else will. You have to believe it in here. And then approach someone who has a high likelihood of buying into your idea, build the momentum from there. Be, but also be, a re, be realistic. Don't approach, you know, if you're, because in a very like and follower-driven world, unfortunately, these things uh, matter a little bit. If you have, for example, 15 followers on Instagram, don't, I mean, as much, unless you have a personal relationship with that person, don't gun for someone who has 300,000 followers and slide into their DMs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's just not going to work that way. Build your, build your base from the ground up. You don't, there's no shortcut to it. Just stack the brakes. But choose people wisely eventually once you have that network. Choose people who believe in you, who will bring forth your ideas and aren't just using you to, you know, to get a free shoot you know, uh, or get a you know, fully sponsored shoot. Unfortunately, uh, in, as you go deeper into the world of content creation, there may, you may encounter certain personalities who are like that. So just be discerning of who you spend your time, your energy, your talent with. All right, that's a good, that's a good, very, very good answer. And I just wanna just wanna share another way in how photographers can actually get, uh, you know, portraits and overcome that that fear of asking and working on their PSK and just doing this one little little task Like I don't know, will you be willing to do this if let's say you're an amateur photographer who's looking to start this, but this is how I actually started to like overcoming my fear of talking to people and getting more portraits done and also working on my talking skills because believe it or not, when I was starting out, I was a very, very, very shy person. Like if let's say like five years ago, the five years ago means I wouldn't be talking to you like this. I would be super shy. I'll be like blabbering my, my whole words. 
So what I basically did was I went to Pasar Seni. Um, if you know Pasar Seni, so yes, um, yeah, I went to Pasar Seni. So what I actually did, I just brought my friend along just for like giving me like the morality um, push lah, like giving me a confident boost. So I went around, I asked strangers for photos. Oh yeah, yeah, that's a very good idea. It's just yeah. you know, it's almost as if you're just throwing yourself uh, into the situation, and yeah. you know, we as human beings. Uh, we're wired to adapt and to rise above situations of anxiety. Yeah. So once you break through that anxiety wall, you can definitely do anything. So yes, that's a very good idea. Yeah, I, I've done it. Uh, I've done it before when I was way younger. <laughs> uh, now, thankfully, I have the portfolio to back it up. But yes, uh, similar to what you've done in the past, I would just walk up to someone who I, you know, who I felt would work with what I had in mind, mm-hmm. and just uh, I. They took it from there. Yeah. So actually, that that's one of the reasons why. Um, if you're checking out my YouTube channel, there's a there's a segment called Strangers in Focus, where I just walk around in different cities and asking strangers for portraits. So that I keep on keep on doing it because one reason is that I want to beat my anxiety of talking to new people, and I want to beat that. You know, I want to I want to overcome the fear of you know. Um, Working with the new people, I don't know how to post them. I don't know how to talk to them. So this is, in a way, a training for me. So mm. if, let's say any photographers, okay, right at the moment, like, let's say if the MCO breaks down and you are still scared to, you know, contact through social media platform and you're very scared of, just go out there, you know, just shoot random people and then just talk to them. The worst case is you would just say no and then, of course, you don't know them, so no harm done, right? Yeah, correct. correct. <laughs> All right, so... Um, we have come to the end of this podcast session. Hope you guys um, enjoy it so far. So, Don, before we move, um, before we end the podcast, so, so you have any words to say for the photographers who are actually watching this um, podcast? Yeah. Um, yeah. Hi, everyone. <laughs> Thank you for tuning in. But yes, these are very difficult times ahead, and uh, it's not gonna. Uh, hopefully, it will get better with time. But I think more than being a challenge, it's a great opportunity for us. To show what we are made of as content creators, so whether you're you're alone and uh, you know confined to a very tight space, or if you're with your families, know that we are all mutually linked by our mutual desire to create. You are a creator in your own way, so tap into that energy uh, inside you. Understand that these are all just limits that you can, you know, you can break through from, and with a bit of planning. And a bit of creativity, which I'm sure that you have as a creator, you can create. There's nothing that's stopping you. you know, look at yourself, look at your resources, see what you can put together, reach out to the people who are in the same situation as you are, and find, you know, find a mutual common ground for you all to create something that is beautiful uh, in the time of adversity. And that's just one thing that makes us you know, uh, human. In, in, in the, you know, our darkest hours, you know, our darkest nights are often followed by our finest hours. So sure. keep on, keep on pushing, keep on creating. And we are with you every step of the way. All right. So that's been done from Happy Fingers. And if you guys want to check out his um, content, uh, I'll put a link in the description. Happy Fingers, Happy Travels, Happy Jump Ropes. So, oh yeah, before, before we end, right, how's your jump rope going? I've been following you in TikTok, I've been following you in Instagram. How's your jump rope thing going on? It's been going well. I've been focusing on soft skills for now. So, skip meaning skills that don't require physical activity. So, I've been, you know, uh, I've been reaching out to my 
my community, my followers when it comes to strengthening your mental game because it's easy to get intimidated when you're starting out in the jump rope yep. journey, right? Uh, I'm just trying to help them realize that it's a journey, not a race. So you just take things at your own pace and grow from there. I'm also building my own ropes. Uh, it's also good mental therapy for, for, you know, for getting confined in a space. Again, uh, you find creativity in different outlets, not just uh, the photography space. So yeah, I just finished building what three ropes earlier. So I'm wow. really excited to see how that turns out when I actually pick them out for a spin. Cool. So if you guys like, I know he also posts like tips and tips and how to do like jump rolls. So if you guys are interested in doing jump rolls, you can just check him out. I will definitely link that in the description. And as always, guys, we want to check out more content in this channel. I'll be posting out more content about videography and how you can make money on it. And as well as podcasting with um, some of the few people in the industry who's actually making it big time. And as always, guys, go out there, discover, connect, and inspire. And I'll see you guys in the